Good evening, folks, and welcome back to another episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy, Devin Hine, and I'm very thankful to say, sitting across from the table from the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Lucas Mueller. You want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks. Guys, I know that we're also going through our typical post-Packers playoff loss depression, but let's just let's get a little endorphins going here because South of the Curtain, we are back. We are back together. and In we're gonna, person. In person. Oof, the dad jokes, they're going to be coming today, buddy. Yeah, I, d- I don't really enjoy saying them to myself, so I just kind of skip them in my single episodes. <laughs> you just, you, you you wait for me to be back I do, that. I do. It's not really my forte, so I'm, I'm glad glad somebody here's, is here for it. Yet. We're still working on it. That's true. But we're back. We're going to go over the playoff loss just a little bit. Luke and I are not going to do our usual offense, defense. We're just going to kind of throw thoughts that yeah. we had. Yeah, some higher level stuff, because I think by now we've all kind of Hopefully grieved appropriately and and processed what we needed to um, after you get another loss to the 49ers. But to kind of look forward and back a little bit. Look back on a great season and look forward to some stuff that's coming up. For sure. I love it. All right. So we're still going to do I think and I know. Oh, God. And I know, I know that when the Keyshawn Nixon kick return happened and we recovered the ball, I thought, surely we can't lose. Hmm. Surely we cannot lose because hmm. that just feels like a textbook, you know, play that just doesn't go our way in a Packer playoff game. And it was such oh, a beautiful guaranteed. return. I think we, we even had the lead at that point. And somehow Eric Wilson came out of a sea of red. Like it was it was all 49ers and here comes 45. At full speed, full gallop. God bless you, Eric Wilson. If you're a free agent, we should bring you back just because of that play. <laughs> like you're you're fine on teams. If you're in a linebacker, I'm a little scared. You're not quite Ty Summers, but that play, that effort. It was great you. to see. Thank you, Eric Wilson. It was great to see. It was great to see. Oh, but that means it's my turn, right? Unless you want to have more commentary on that play. But no, it, yeah, it was, you can... it was, you're 100% right. That is a... That feels like all of the issues we had against the Buccaneers, right, in, like, 2020, where yeah. just, just random stupid stuff happened. Yep. You know, Mercedes fumbles, Aaron Jones fumbles. Felt right up that alley. And then you're right. Oh, we, I, th- I think you're thinking versus 49ers. Or 21? I, it happens every year. It's oh, all blurring true, together. Yeah. It, it does all just blend together. together. <laughs> beautiful Which heartbreak of, are we talking about? Beautiful bowl of sadness. Yeah, just we fumble in big moments, and, and we're good there. Oh, man. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I'm just going to kind of start with the lead here. I just, I'm going to go with I knew. I think we all knew that our boy, our boy Anders, is going to cost us at some point, right? We even talked about it, I think. I think we're we're recorded talking about how, like, hey, he's probably going to cost us something, but, like, who cares because we're not playing for anything. Right? I, I think we had that conversation. I'm sure we did. And if you go back and listen to my Cowboys episode that I recorded at 2.30 in the morning, whatever that was. <laughs> Which, honestly, by the way, fantastic. Good job. Oh, thank you, sir. I'm glad that when I'm low on sleep and even more delusional than usual, I'm still enjoyable. Thank I think you, even Luke. better. That's dangerous. So the dangerous <laughs> word it's talking. We're going to reschedule our show for a little bit later going forward. But I, I said on that episode, I'm pretty sure word for word, like, Anders missed a kick in Dallas. Yeah. And it doesn't matter when we're winning by 30. But I'm really hoping that he doesn't miss one and cost us in San Francisco. And I think the heartbreaking thing about that drive is not only the um, the, the miss itself, but Aaron Jones had like a 45-yard backbreaker. And at one point, yeah. he's cutting across midfield, and there's no one on the screen. I'm going to say it. 
Mm. And I just rewatched the highlights today. So, mm. the, you know, the pain, the memory is fresh in my mind. I couldn't do it. You're a stronger man than I. I just, and with my memory, I had to do something, right? Fair enough. You know who's out? Lee Blocker, 15 yards, and decides to just run parallel for a little bit instead of coming back and cutting somebody off. That's Josiah? That's Josiah. Why is he on the field? That's Joe Baia, because it's the end of the Josiah DeGuara era. I'm 99% sure. Real question, why is he on the field against the 49ers? Because he's substitute. I mean, there were a few plays he actually had some nice run blocks. We did a lot. I don't disagree. But we like, did a lot of counter lead. We and had all of our tight ends. I understand. Well, I think I think Kraft got a little banged up, didn't he? I think a little. And Musgrave probably still on pitch count. And he's been, for the most part, it's funny because on like the, the crackback, not very good. But as a lead blocker, he actually does a pretty good job. Yeah, he's not bad there. It's just, when, yeah, you're right. When he has to come across the field, he just kind of goes flying into the ground. And if he just goes back and hits Ward, like I'm pretty sure Aaron Jones is gone. So that's that's the real killer on that drive. But yeah, Anders, killing us. Mm, yeah, that was a rough one. That was a really rough one. When he missed that, I'm like, hmm. There it is. There's the moment. There's the moment that we needed to see. (laughs) You just felt it, right? You just felt it. Another feel moment? We can move on. We can move on, yeah. Well, just to our our random mentions of memories and sadness. Maybe a few good things in the game, too. But um, when we're driving, we're up 3-0, and then we try for the ugliest tush-push I've ever seen in my life. That was rough. Fourth and one, fourth and two? Yeah. We because, got it, though, by the way. I'm pretty positive we got it. Yeah, the spot was not great. We got a couple bad spots. But I also just, like, the way that we lined up, like, it feels like when the Eagles do it, like, they're right on top of them. And for the second touch push, you, like, Jordan was in a better spot. But for this first one, I feel like he was, like, two yards behind him. Like, there was so much space between him and Josh Myers. It was almost like he was in the shotgun. He was so far back. Yeah, I, we're not great at it. So if we're going to use it, we definitely got to practice and get more reps in. Also, part of it's the Eagles are borderline illegal every time they run it so that's the percent's a little unfair yeah it's part of the problem well i mean like formation wise they're borderline illegal like a little uh their alignment might be a little too uh far forward there yeah Hmm. um so anyways but yeah we we don't have the our offensive line isn't built for that jordan love is not built for that um not great and i did like we tried a couple times it's kind of speed up on on third and fourth downs to try to kind of catch him off guard and do something, but, like, just didn't work. Mm-mm. Did not work any of the times. You think the floor was seeing ghosts of past season post going for it there? Maybe. Maybe. I think there's a possibility. It kind of felt like it to me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was a – that was a tough one. That was a tough one. There was a lot of tough moments from that game. A lot of good, though. I mean, Jordan didn't play great, obviously. But he was okay. You know, he, he played all right. I thought he was pretty good through the first yeah, three overall. quarters. The fourth quarter, it seemed like he – you did see that it seemed like things are starting to get to him upstairs. Yeah. He had a couple throws over the middle. I mean, the the one interception that was tipped by, I want to say, Tucker Kraft. And yeah. then went, went right to Greenlaw, I believe it was. And then he had another throw yeah, on a third kind of, down yeah. in the fourth quarter. Looking for Aaron Jones. If he hits him, probably gets the first down. But both of those are like, granted, they're kind of going in the opposite direction. Like, the receiver's going left. And he's going right, like they're a little across your body, but there's still it's still within ten yards in the line of scrimmage. Your platform's secure enough. Those are throws yeah. that Jordan Love needs to hit and normally does. Um, Agreed. But I mean, on that last throw, like you know, he's rattled. He doesn't make that throw if he's not. There's fifty something seconds. Yeah. We have at least one timeout, if not two. He throws late over the middle to a cover three, cover four look where you have two linebackers 
completely underneath that route. Like you mm. can throw a deep over over that totally. That's actually what you're, one of the things like you're trained to do, right? But he was out of the pocket. It was a crappy throw. It was a horrible he couldn't read. Get it there. Yeah. So it was unfortunate. That's the way it went out. I would have much rather had it have been like if we don't win that game, it could have been we were driving and someone fumbles. You know, it's unfortunate that people are going to look at that. And some people are going to have that. It's like the lasting memory of Jordan Love's season, which is really sad because this is someone who was one of the hottest quarterbacks in the entire league. I, I would say hottest over the second half. And, yeah, that last throw was definitely giving us, I'm sure, giving us all shades of, of Favre there at the at the end of some heartbreaking seasons. Oh, for sure. Um, and we said all along, he's got some Favre. He's not Rodgers, right? He's got Favre in him. And we've seen the good parts of that, and you're going to see some bad parts of that, just especially as he continues to grow and develop. That's what you're going to see. Yeah, if there are 15 seconds on the clock, I don't care about that throw at all, right? Yeah, no. I mean, and we because then you need a huge chunk play to even give you a shot, and so you try something, everybody's covered, whatever. But 50 seconds with timeouts, yeah, you gotta you gotta throw that out of bounds, run, whatever. You gotta live to fight another day. Totally, which is a bummer that we've seen that a couple times. So he's been clutch throughout the year but a couple times he's shown up and and had some some poor throws in the worst moments but don't want to be too sour on someone who has exceeded all expectations i'm talking about expectations this is an angle that i was never a really big fan of but i'm trying to trying to really soak it in i'm trying to be glass half full here folks do you realize that the two teams are in the super bowl that we gave one of them every single thing they could handle if it wasn't for a carlson missed kick it wasn't for some questionable spots. It wasn't for Josiah, you know, thinking he's a sprinter instead of a lead blocker. And a few other things. This game goes a lot different. But we gave the NFC representative everything that they could handle. And, oh, by the way, we beat the AFC representative. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to kind of keep keep us in perspective, right? So we beat the AFC representative. We outplayed the NFC representative. I think most people would agree with that, right? Well and said. Even in the NFC Championship game, last time we played the other representative, we whooped him. Right? So, man, things are looking good. And like I talked about, I think, in my last episode anyways, it's like this is not 2008, right? Started the year thinking this was 2008 all over again. You just want to – you don't care what happens. You just want to see the quarterback play well. Yeah. Right? This this is 2009-plus is kind of where we ended up. Cause 2009, right? Heartbreaking loss to the Cardinals. But Aaron Rodgers went toe to toe with kind of second prime Kurt Warner. Oh, right, he, that he game. was he was. I th- I think in he Arizona lost. he was just as good as like prime Rams Kurt Warner. Correct. Like I, I that agree. first half, I don't I don't know if we forced an incompletion. I mean, they that was a wild game, and that game you're kind of like or that whole second half of that season, and you get into the playoffs, you're like, wow, yeah, we got it. We we, we can do this. Mm-hmm. We are as good as the best teams in the league. And while we went farther in this playoffs, I think the point still stands, right? Like, we can be as good as anybody. We can play and beat the best teams in this league. And it's not just, like, randomly anymore. Like, we belong there. We belong in the last four teams in the NFC. That's the expectation. And the scary thing is, the dangerous thing is, look how young this team is. We're stupid young. We're the youngest team to ever make the playoffs. But, like, on offense, okay, Aaron Jones getting a little older, but it sounds like he's going to be back for sure. Yep. But the entire receiving room, tight end room, like we don't even need, like I have no interest in us drafting a receiver, a tight end. No. 
whatsoever because we are incredibly deep. Now, well, some weird happens in the draft. I mean, you know, if like Marvin Harrison Jr. falls or something stupid. I mean, do it, but. Why? Dontavian Wicks. I'm with you. Jane Reed. But like, Romeo. Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. is really good. <laughs> now, if we don't bring back Ben Sims, then maybe I could see tight end. There's no way we don't bring back Ben Sims. We better bring back Benny. We're He's gonna, got the Jets, gonna, my guy. I mean, we're going to bring him back. We should for sure. I feel like he would be like a re- restricted free agent tender, whatever. I don't know what we signed him to, honestly. I don't know what we signed. I'm not seeing him on our uh, our free agent list here, so I, we must have signed him for a multi year deal. But I mean, if we're looking, like we'll get into this more later. But like the free agents that come off my head are guys we could lose. Like, okay, Bakhtiari didn't play at all last season, so whatever we decided to do with him, like, okay, that doesn't right. feel like a loss. We, would, I'm sure, we'd be getting gaining salary cap room. Yeah, and then Devondre Campbell, honestly. You you can coin toss him or Isaiah McStuffie, like who played better. Honestly, probably McStuffie more of the time than not. And honestly, we'll get into kind of like the whole defense thing and what that could look like. Mm-hmm. And that could change some things, especially at the at the linebacker spot anyways. For but sure. we'll get there. We'll get there. One thing about defense I do want to say, especially in the secondary, Um, I think it was Savage or Nixon. I think it was Nixon had a dropped pick in the third or fourth, which would have been huge. But other than that, on a lot of the third down throws – that San Francisco converted. Mm-hmm. The coverage was exceptional. Yeah. On um, like some of the deep ends, like the plays, the throws that Purdy was making, and whether it was Ayuk or their random like fourth receiver who always kills us in the playoffs. Oh god, big, that guy. Tall the, dude. The I don't Jennings know his guy, name right? Yeah, Juwan Jennings always yeah. gets us in the playoffs. But like they're making contested catches. Even mm-hmm. Anthony Johnson Jr. thumped someone on a big third down and and shout out to the 49ers. Like this wasn't this wasn't a game that we lost because of Joe's Barry's defense. No. I thought our zones actually we played the rules pretty well. I thought coverage was pretty tight and we were out hitting people. Like you gotta give credit where credit is due. And those those 49ers, they held on to the ball. Purdy made some really tough throws. Guy made guys made some really contested mm-hmm. catches. So And then we didn't we did not capitalize on a couple of moments we did have. Right? Right. Savage had a drop pick. We could have done exactly what we did against the Cowboys. Look oh, like he, he could have had a, that right. Was it wasn't there two of them? Because there was one like in the first drive. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's one that would have been like identical to the time wise and almost, and everything almost because we were winning and then he dropped a pick six. Yeah, just like last time. But I, there was one either third or fourth quarter. I it might have been Keyshawn. It was 25 or 26. I couldn't tell. But another key spot, and I think it ended up being the 49ers punted, and then that was the Aaron Jones to missed kick drive. Yep. Who's to say we don't still miss the kick? But I mean, you're starting in a different spot, and everything could be different. So, but if ifs and buts were candy is and nuts, the Packers yeah, would have still it's, lost. It's tough, but but we should be happy. We should be right. This has been an exceptional season. Um, exceeded all of our expectations, I think. Right? Oh, totally. And People the, were picking us before the season to finish dead last in the division. And just with the makeup of the team, like we have to be that that optimistic. You have to be. Like, the offense, this is the worst it's going to be. Like, there is no way, not going to what heaven forbid injuries and whatnot, but, like, yeah. there is no way, even if you just take the exact same offense, that this isn't better next year. Right. Reed's going to get better. Wicks right. is going to get better. Watson's hopefully more healthy. The Real- tight ends will both get better because Kraft became, like, came out of nowhere, right? People were saying he looked like he didn't belong on a football field in training camp. True. Right, like that, just yeah. the leaps and bounds people are making on this team, and even like Rasheed Walker is not going to get worse. Nope. You know, we're probably gonna we're gonna do something at the right guard spot. 
Probably right? at least maybe something at the center spot. Competition for both. But yeah, there's we're not getting worse anywhere. No, I really don't think so. And our biggest question marks on defense going into the offseason, which we'll, like I said, we'll get into, were already question marks. Like you don't really feel like you're losing much. So yeah, nothing but it should we should go nowhere but up from here, right? Like this this should be the bottom. Yeah, is, I would think so. Scary. Now you never know, right? Things happen. It, Jordan Love could get hurt in week one or, or whatever. Key injuries, things don't fall your way, but I already felt like we had a fair amount of that this year. And look at what we accomplished. And also, just look back to this draft class. Like Stupid good. Top to bottom, I can't think of anyone. Now, I should have had it in front of me, but I can't think of anyone who didn't contribute. Like Even the guys like Lou Cody Nichols. Wooden. Yeah, Lou Nichols. Okay, whatever. He didn't make the team. Didn't make the team. Grant DeBose. But we're talking about seventh rounders. Yeah, but even like Colby Wooden had a blocked kick. Carl Brooks had half a sack in a playoff game. Hey, Carl Brooks was great all year. It's insane. Yeah, Wicks was a fifth rounder. I mean, the, both yeah, the tight Johnson ends. Junior played. Jaden Reed, like Sims was an undrafted free agent. Carrington Valentine having significant snaps as a starter, and now like seventh round pick. He is going to be a key piece talking about what we're going to do on defense and the secondary moving forward. Like, are you are you looking at him if you're Brian Gutekunst and if you're Lafleur and being like? All right, maybe CB2 isn't the biggest need in the world. Maybe CB can lock it down. I think that's a legitimate question. I think so, too. I think you kind of just put that out there, CB2, uh, see what Stokes looks like when he comes back healthy, and just kind of be like, all right, the winner gets it. Like, have fun, guys, you know, um, go from there. But, yeah, it's it's wild. I think one of the one of the ones that showed the least is probably LVN, but we knew that. Yeah, but he saw his flashes. I mean, yeah, comparatively he he for did. when he was drafted. Also, for those at home, I, uh, I've picked up a tissue because oh, Luke no. wanted to know what Eric Stokes is going to look like. Oh, and, God. Oh, look. It's broken in <laughs> half. Look at that. I just showed you what Eric Stokes is going to look like. Let's be slightly My- optimistic, shall we? solved. Let's be slightly optimistic. Sherlock, but Devin Holmes. Thank you. I imagine in training camp, they just say, all right, go get it, guys. One of you two is going to win. Oh, you're saying Eric Stokes and CV? Yeah. Now, I, I think... And we'll talk about this a lot more in upcoming episodes, but I think this is a, a great time, great draft to load up on some some cornerback talent, both slot and outside. But So I think we're definitely going to add to that room. We're going to have to. But I think I'm comfortable with either one of those because if Stokes beats Valentine, then I'm fine with Stokes. He's not going to be healthy. I have no faith. Oh, man, just let me dream, all right? It would be nice, but also, Luke, like – what does he even have in the tank anymore? I mean, we saw him barely, but his wheels did not look the same. And I know you're just getting back in the game. And I know it's Joe Barry's defense. So he could look a lot different with our new coordinators, much more aggressive. But when he is known as being a speedy lockdown corner, like it is his athleticism. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's like the best part of his game, right? It'd be like, you know, when Darren Sproles would like break an ankle. Like, okay. It might be back, but like, uh, if he can't cut, what good is he? Kind of the same and, thing and with Stokes. I understand what you're saying, but he's still young enough that I think there's there's potential for him to to figure it out, to figure something out. And a lot of those, and he had apparently a catastrophic lower leg injury, right? That's going to take some time, even longer than when he came back, and then he got hurt again. So I understand the injury issues there that we have, but I'm willing to give the guy a chance, man. See what he looks like when he comes back. It would be nice. I was excited when he came back this season, and then yeah. it was like almost a joke that he was. It was like twice that he was in part of that was our fault for immediately putting him on special teams. But 
Yeah. Anyways. Rick Passaccia. Come on, guy. <laughs> Anything else from San Francisco you want to touch on or just the not know? really. Aaron Jones is awesome. I mean, he Ooh. ran through a great defense there. Um he just he's just so awesome. There's no downside to that. He just looks so freaking good. Um I thought the offense did enough. I thought the defense did enough. Realistically, we just didn't capitalize on key moments. That's should have won this much, game. Pretty much what it is, right? The um, tale is old as time. Yeah. Yep. You know it's really funny. I was uh I was explaining to Molly about the fourth and twenty six versus the Eagles. You know? Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, and that was like the worst playoff loss of all time. And remember when that was true? How many horrible ones we've had? Maybe I mean, it was the worst, worst one of all time until twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen is the worst one of all time. I don't know, man. I mean, 2014 is awful, but... It doesn't get worse than 2014. I'm gonna, I'm just going to be honest. The 2021 against San Fran, the divisional round, like, that one's close for me. But when we lost, like, 13 to 10 or yeah, whatever? Yeah, because we totally dominated them the entire game. And then another, honestly, 2020 against the Bucks. Yeah, it was I a stupid game. Definitely drank a little heavier than I would have liked to that day. Probably didn't help, but picked um, off Brady like three times in the second half. Yeah, I mean MVS scores like a fifty-yard touchdown, so you know that I'm going crazy. I ran around my living room. I don't know how many times, and then we pick off Brady three times in the second half, yep. and we still don't win. Like what? Twenty fourteen, man. It's twenty fourteen. Because we literally gave up on a kick on a interception return because we thought the game was over. The amount, the amount of things that had to go wrong in order for us to lose. No other game had that many things have to go wrong. Okay, that might be creme de la creme, but we have two or three more just in our fandom time. That, that would, would be, be tops every for other, most, every yeah, other 100%. We don't just lose by two touchdowns in the playoffs. We are exceptional at finding ways. <laughs> but the good part is we're always there, you know? Yeah, that's very glass half full. It's it's still. That's painful. because we're spoiled. There's a lot of franchises that would absolutely kill. A lot of fan- franchise fans that would absolutely kill to be in our position. Oh, totally. It's all crazy. The Lions went. <sighs> Poor Lions. Right. I wanted them to win so bad. Honestly, uh, well, we could, we could take this opportunity before we get into kind of off season stuff uh, to kind of talk about the Super Bowl might as well, right? This upcoming Sunday. So sure. My thought process of of who I wanted to win. Was if Kansas City won, I wanted the 49ers to win because I don't think the Lions could beat Kansas City again. Okay. Not this version of the Lions. Their defense is not good anymore. Mm-mm. Right? They've been exposed. Exactly. So if the Ravens won, I wanted Ravens Lions just because, like, that's weird and fun. Yeah. Like, they're just, I can't, I'm not going to root against really anybody. And not the same matchup as like two years ago and the perennial, like, superpowers in the conference. Like, I just don't want to see this again. I don't want to see this exact matchup again. However, there's no way the Lions beat Kansas City again, uh, was my thought. So I I just don't particularly want to see Kansas City win, if I'm being honest. I don't want to see the 49ers win either, but, um, kind of, kind of tired of Kansas City already. I'm tired of them both, bro. Like, I'm on call this day, thankfully, and I'm really okay. I, mean, I want to be with the family when I can, but, like, I just don't care for the matchup, honestly. Like, I think George is my boy. Oren Burks is a former Packer. Randy get another ring. Like, I have to really stretch myself. Andy find... Reid. I mean, we should all be Andy Reid fans just because he was a big part of the development of, of a young Packer team that eventually won Super Bowl. Um, and a big just – face in the nfl i love it andy reed's awesome yeah right he's just a cool dude been a staple in our lives really exactly um it's kind of funny to watch matt Nagy have success over there he's their offensive coordinator 
going back to back Super Bowls. So that's just kind of funny to poke at Bears fans a little bit. Ha ha, Bears. Um, but yeah, I just it frustrates me. I think that the Chiefs are in it again when the Chiefs' offense isn't good. Yeah, they weren't, and the Bills should have beat them. I mean, the Bills because were the whole, completely shooting themselves in the foot and still should have won that game. The Bills just build. All, it's so all bad. Over. It's so bad. Uh, it really is. It's all mental for them. But it's just like, that's the frustrating part, because Mahomes are going to get all the credit. And their defense is phenomenal. It's super aggressive, right? Yeah. Why Steve Spagnola is not getting offers as a head coach is kind of beyond me. No clue. No clue. Well, he was probably one of those guys. Wasn't he like Miami's head coach for a hot second? He was somebody's, yeah. And he kind of, it didn't work. Yeah, so some was... of these coordinators, they go up and then they yeah. do shit and then they come back down and like they're, they're stayed down for a little bit longer. I feel yep. like yep. you once you go up Dan and Quinn. fail. Yeah, Dan Quinn took a little example. bit too. Yeah. It takes a while to go back up again. Yeah. People, people don't trust trust it anymore. But so, I man, yeah. I, I, George Kittle's awesome, so I guess I'll probably root for them. Yeah, I'd root for him just because he was super nice to me at Iowa. Granted, hey, that's good enough for me. He wasn't a god yet, but he was like one of the most kind, genuine people I could have ever imagined meeting as an athlete. So nothing, nothing but love for George and the few former Packers we got. But in this matchup, I really the game itself don't really couldn't care less. No, I'm gonna watch it. Obviously, Brock Purdy, if he wins, will join a couple quarterbacks, including Bart Starr, to be the only seventh round pick to ever win a Super Bowl. Oh, so that, that's kind of fun. Uh, elite company christian mccaffrey is super good right he's just fun i just love the tidbit that you know his dad and mike shanahan's dad like it's the same relationship yeah no that, that, that is sick. phenomenal and also there's another mccaffrey that just played in the senior bowl there's another one oh, is it there's like a, several is it a nephew no it's a it's a brother it's the youngest brother uh, wow luke mccaffrey oh he was a quarterback at michigan and then transferred to rice to play wide receiver so that's weird so we're drafting him for sure because he's luke if we should bring him and back, he's uh, he's a lot more like his dad. Built a lot more like his dad. Um, yeah, I feel like the the one we had was just not Max. Yeah, we, he, I think we had Max. He was not McCaffrey. built well. I feel like. No, yeah, I completely agree. We we got the worst McCaffrey brother, like probably Duke. I feel like it was some bad. I think it was Duke. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Rice isn't exactly <laughs> great either. I'm we sh- started as quarterback I'm at Michigan. Sure their so that's academics fun. are nice at Rice. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they are. Um, so there you go. There's our two cents on the Super Bowl. That's pretty much all I got to say about that. I'm, you know, what I'm looking forward to more than the Super Bowl. Whenever the USFL XFL merger league starts, I think April. <sighs> Let's go. Can it be here yet? Uh, Just did, to see all these former Packers. Did you hear how it's set up? I don't know if you saw like not. the divisions or whatever. Uh, it's, bro- it's broken into two conferences. Mm-hmm. This is gonna blow your mind. Here we okay. go. The XFL conference and the USFL conference. But don't. Isn't it like four and four? I think it's four and four. I think I or vaguely, six and six or something like it's, that. It's not super big. But and one of funny. them, one team kind of got chucked into two, or two teams kind of got put into one because okay. they had a uh, like Houston or something. They both had a team in. There was a city that they both Rough had a team in. So one of them goes. But it'll be interesting because the the uniforms were very different as well. I think mm. the, I feel like the uniform game was was nowhere near comparable between the two. The USFL uniforms looked terrible. And yeah. terrible colors. Meanwhile, the XFL had the Battle Hawks, which was sweet. I'm curious for roster construction. Do they let like the teams keep their players, or was it? Is there a whole another draft? And same with coaches, right? How's that work? I, I think like the coaches. It, it was say. it was different. There were different levels for sure. There were a lot of names, and I want to say it was the XFL. Like coaches, yeah, the XFL names was better that I knew, and I mean more more so players too. But I mean it's spring football. I'll take whatever I can get, especially by that point. 
the draft's over. Who cares? Like, we just want something. I'll take anything I can get, for sure. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Off-season stuff? Ding dong. The witch is dead. Joe Barry, my friends, he gone. He gone. He ain't going to be your nightmares no more. I kind of feel, I feel slight, just a little bad. Just a, just a little bad. Because, like, he had a good game against 49ers, right? Like, the defense played well. But it, it's clear that we were being held back by them overall. And then we need a change to move forward. We're not going to win a Super Bowl with the kind of defense that we've had, right? So I think it was time. It was definitely time, and it made a lot of fans very, 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 very happy that he oh, was yeah. gone. I think that it seemed like it was kind of typical Joe Barry. He has a pattern where he starts off super slow, and then things do get better towards the end. Mm-hmm. Just if I have to see off by 10 yards or Preston in zone coverage consistently, I was going to bang my head against a wall. And like we've talked about, like that, it's kind of a an, an annoying spot for me, that whole outside linebacker playing playing coverage thing because it happens just Preston's a terrible version to do it with I know I know and it does like, happen TJ Watt does it but no one cares because I mean they should care more because TJ Watt's a the best pass rusher in the NFL top two but like he's not awful in coverage yeah you have guys that are outside linebackers that can like kind of make it work Michael Parsons can make it work he was an inside Warren linebacker Burks in college. Was an outside linebacker. He could make it work. Different like, kind of offensive. You have guys that are kind of kind of tweeners. That's but a fourth. Like Preston and Igbar. Yeah, I'm saying there's no Gary's. You're not dropping. Yeah, you, no. yeah, because you don't want to waste like his pass rush. Then essentially, like that's just not a good idea. No, completely agree. Completely agree. But so yeah, there's there's a lot going on. There's going to be a lot of change. I mean, we've heard some things kind of come out already about position coaches. That kind of thing. Jerry Montgomery's gone as well, the defensive line coach. Adios, brother. um, Run defense coordinator. He's with the Patriots now. Only two have been confirmed that are staying, which probably should lead us to the secondary coach and somebody else. Secondary coach was a newer guy, right? Newer guy. However, he had a connection to uh, our new DC, who we should probably talk about. Yeah, Luke. I think they coached together at the Browns. Was it Jeff? Jeff Halfley. 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 Half glass, half full. Jeff Halfley. Okay. Halfley. <clears throat> I have his Wikipedia page up so we can all learn a little Folks, bit. This is getting okay. serious. Born on April 4th, 1979. <laughs> what town? <laughs> uh, Great question. In Montvale, New Jersey, hmm. his high school was Pascac Hills. Pascac Hills. Okay. So he's probably used to some rough conditions. You know, some hills. I've, some adversity are in life. Many, are there hills in New Jersey? What's the town called, Luke? Montvale. And that doesn't mean there are hills necessarily. No, the high school is called hills. Maybe there were just hills around the high school. Pascal Hills. Anyways, dude started from the bottom. Okay, he absolutely started from the bottom. He he went to Siena College. I have no idea what that is. It's he a college. Wide receiver at Siena College. Earned a master's degree from University of Albany. Cool. Congrats, right. Jeff. We're doing we're doing a real deep dive on him in case you couldn't tell. Started his coaching career at Worcester Polytech, which is a D three school. WP T. Uh, <laughs> as a running backs coach, then went to a defensive assistant at Albany. Where there he we go. Masters. Then D backs coach at Albany. Then defensive assistant at Pittsburgh, and then a D backs coach at Pittsburgh, which, like we we're talking about before we came on, is where he coached Darrell Revis. Yeah, he said in this interview he was like. You know, I thought I knew 
a lot about coaching defensive backs. And then I got to Pitt, and I met this kid named Darrell Revis, and that changed. It's And that's something that uh, I watched the full full interview that Devin's talking about. And he did this interview. It came out like the day that it got announced or something that he was coming to the Packers. And it was an interview of him still as the head coach at Boston College, which we'll get to, answering questions right about Boston College, which was kind of like awkward to look back on a little bit. But he brought up the NFL a ton. And he one thing I really liked is he brought up how much he learned from different players as he was growing throughout his career. Revis being one of them, another one being Richard Sherman. He talked a lot about that. Um, oh, and Sherman is all about this guy. Yeah, Sherman loves him, which I don't that's, like that's Sherman big. necessarily, but okay, uh, Sherman was one cocky mother effort, but he knew, brother. Yeah, he knew. He knew. Smart dude, right? So then after Pittsburgh, he went to be the D-backs coach at Rutgers. Then he was the assistant D-backs coach, moved to the NFL for the Buccaneers in 2012. D-backs coach in 2013 for the Buccaneers. D-backs coach for the Browns, 2014-2015. That's kind of where we start to get interesting. D-backs coach for the 49ers, 18 or 16 to 18 under Robert Sala. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's interesting. Um, co-defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach at Ohio State in 2019, and that's important because 2019 is the best defense that Ohio State's had in a very long time. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of that's because they had Chase Young, Jeff Kuda, um, Damian Arnett, all three first-round picks that year. However, if you kind of look at a, a graph of Ohio State defensive rankings, they spiked in 2019. Like, they were the best defense in the country by far that year. So that's good, right? After that, he got the head coaching job at Boston College. He's been there for he was there for four years. Um, interesting place to be a head coach. And in the interview, and Devin, you can kind of speak to this as well. He talked about the NFL a lot in that interview. Yeah, for not being asked about the NFL and pretty much ever. I feel like he was talking a lot about how it, it felt. It feels like because, like you said in the interview, he was still head coach of Boston College. For him, it's like he's the general manager and the coach and everything because they have to help in recruiting. Um, Especially now, if you don't know, if you don't pay attention to college football, transfer portal is the thing now, so kids can transfer whenever they want to, yeah. which means you have to not only recruit high school kids, you have to recruit other colleges' kids, which is not really something you had to do in great numbers before, and you have to recruit your own kids because other teams are constantly recruiting the kids you have on your team already. Yeah, there's a whole lot spinning around your world, and I'm pretty sure at one point in this interview, Halfley either said directly or insinuated, like, I just want to call defensive plays. Like, yeah, I, I just like, want to coach, defense. coach defense. The one the one thing I didn't want to point out that really stuck with me, though, is he was talking about something that he loves about being a coach at BC and talking about, like, like the young men that he gets to meet mm-hmm. and how, you know, you start him off as a freshman and then you get him through senior year and you get their degree. And I thought that was that was just wonderful. You know, that was like the the next thing he said in line. Like it isn't just about getting them through the four years of college and then they go to the NFL or whatever, but it's getting them through and helping them get their degree. It, just the way he said it, it was like a cohesive team effort that the person that puts on the jersey for BC or whatever school he was at, for to him it's a person, and that's yeah. just a touch that I've always person I've liked personally. Big surprise, Devin Touchy Feely. It's it's something that's easy to forget, right? Easy to forget. We don't necessarily, and this sounds bad, but we don't necessarily look at these people as people all the time. Well, sometimes, if it's Will Redmond, they're not. <laughs> Will Redmond being the one you pull there is interesting. Um, but yeah, there's he 
big thing on growth, right? Want to see people through the process and and develop them, and that makes sense at a, at a school like BC because you're not going to get a bunch of five star recruits, right? You're not going to have first round picks every single year. Um, it's a place where you have to develop talent. You have to find talent and develop it over the course of three, four, five. Well, now COVID six, seven, eight, nine years because kids are in college until they're our age almost, which is good and, and something I really like to hear. Partially because I think, and we're going to touch on this, but our secondary is about to be a bunch of brand new, very young people, I think. I could see it, man. We've kind of already started that that realm, right? We have a lot of young people on defense. We need a lot of growth from them the next coming years for them to really reach their potential. Uh, we've kind of already seen that to a certain degree on the offense. That starts to take hold. Now we need to see that on, on the defense, and for someone to be that growth-oriented, has to be a step in the right direction. Totally. But it's also talking about step in the right direction and the future of this defense. This Halfley guy, everything that I've read about him, aggression, a lot of two-man, a lot of blitzes on third down. Like I think that if you take this exact Packers defense and run it back with him calling the plays, I think things look different. This might just be being an optimist. This might just me be thinking the grass is green on the other side. But he looks like he's going to go after people, and I want someone who attacks. So I'm about to get a little nitty-gritty here. Please that's do. Okay with you. But yeah, this dude led a seminar on press man coverage. Can we find that? That's his thing. Can we find that? I watched like the first minute of his PowerPoint. Can you send it to me? <laughs> yeah, I will. Because I will watch that on repeat. Uh, so when you think of defense, right, a lot of us think of, you know, cover two, cover three, cover four, man, all that kind of stuff, right? Music to my ears. They'll the keep going. Biggest difference you're going to see in this defense versus the defense we've played previously, in recent times, anyways, is open field, open middle field, or closed middle field. Okay, so that's kind of the way a lot of it's talked about more NFL wise because cover two, cover four, it can kind of be the same thing, realistically, right? You set up your defense the same way there, mm-hmm. and then man. Cover three can kind of be the same thing, the way you set up your defense, your personnel, that kind of thing. And here, here's why, right? The big difference is your safeties. And this is a big thing for him. So this we're going to see this change. I don't know exactly what we're going to do on the defensive line, but we're going to see this change. We ran last year predominantly in middle field open concept, which means we have two safeties, both back there, way back there, split, right? So you think cover two. Half and half, two man. Right. They kind of split the deep fields unless they are they have a different assignment, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Halfley is almost exclusively a middle field closed guy, which means there's one safety. Cover one. Cover one, cover three can work this way. Right. Cover zero, depending on exactly <laughs> how you want to do it. Right. Oh. Which means you're sending at the house and everybody's in man, which is a terrifying thing. Um and then you basically you drop one of those safety down safeties down to be a pseudo linebacker or you're a robber or what rat whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. right kind of a middle of the field rover guy think of like Troy Palomalu that sort of deal right just a problem right and that puts a lot more emphasis it really changes the requirements of that other safety that deep safety you need pure center fielder out there oh yeah which we don't have we right? don't have either of those honestly we have, right now we have neither. Right, and in if you play a cover two, a cover four, whatever, if you have a middle field open concept, 
it puts a lot less pressure on your safeties, realistically, right? There's a lot more help there. And you don't really need, they don't need to be great at either one of those things. Whereas now you're going to see a lot more, probably, um, delineation between the two safeties. They both have a job that they need to be very good at. And it also, it will change the rest of your play call, obviously. But that's a huge difference. You're kind of mucking up the middle of the field versus leaving it open. I think we can all think of examples of how many times we had deep ends, deep crosses, just wide-ass open in the middle of the field. But if we're sending everything to the middle, it means wide or corners playing outside leverage. It means if we're bringing down a safety, we need someone like that's a first-round pick. We need someone who's a dog or we need to go get somebody. I actually think it's the other way around. I think the deep safety's got to be the guy. That's harder to find, I think. I think they're both going to be challenging to find. What I was also going to say is, depending on the play call, Quay Walker might be around the vicinity as well. And we've seen growth from him this year, but another big step from him next year would be huge. Huge. It would be huge. And I think finding a, a kind of like tweener guy is probably a little easier. We, we're we closer to having that guy on the roster currently. I think that... Are you saying for the overhang like middle plug defender? Yeah, I think that... Rudy Ford? Rudy Ford... I mean, we have no safeties on on our roster next year, essentially. But when Savage has looked good, he's been in something similar to that, right? The star yeah. defender, nickel, kind of, which is close to, Slide, to that Robert type of thing. On a scrimmage, yeah. Right. Um, and breaking on the quarterback's eyes, he does that pretty well. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of what he did right against Dallas with the big exactly six. He wasn't playing he deep for that play. Nope. So that's kind of, you could find that a little easier is what I'm saying. I think. And that, that true deep center fielder, they have to know the defense like crazy. They have to have great eye discipline, and they have to be a really good athlete because they have to cover everything, essentially. Which puts a lot of pressure back there, obviously, but you're mucking up a lot of that short, easy stuff is kind of the, the trade-off you have there. Um, big difference we're going to see from last year to this year. We're going to give up a ton more big plays this year or next year, whatever you want to say. Probably, right? yeah. We're going to be a lot more aggressive, press man, Good quarterback, good wide receiver, you're going to beat press man sometimes. It's just the way it's going to work, yeah. right? You put pressure, burst pipes, one way or the other. Exactly. And we're not going to play press man every play. That's suicide. I think the highest percentage in the league was probably Wink Martindale, like 40%, something like that this year. And his name is um, Wink. So like, and he's like something. the guy. He is the aggressive man guy in the NFL, right? Um, so That's kind of where you max out. You're going to have to mix a lot of zone, right? A lot of that kind of stuff that we're used to. But it's going to be aggressive zone, I imagine, right? And from what I've read, this guy isn't as creative necessarily blitz-wise as a Pettin or like an early capers. But they're effective, well-timed, well-thought-out blitzes. But they're not necessarily some of the, the weird stuff we'd see from that. I don't expect like a NASCAR package or something like that to come out, which is kind of a bummer. Um, I do love NASCAR. And then a big question mark left for this guy is, are we running three four four three? And the answer kind of is doesn't matter much. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. It does, so, but it doesn't. But it does because I think Lafleur. I think it was Lafleur that came out and said it. Um, either Lafleur or Gutekunst in their last uh, press conference mentioned that it doesn't really matter. You but essentially every team plays four two five most of the time, eighty percent of the time, right? Yeah, it just You're depends on if they're actually down. Hands down the dirt or not. Right. And honestly, I kind of like the thought of Gary and like LVN hands in the dirt. 
So 3-4 they were playing now. Those outside linebackers standing up. Occasionally have to drop into coverage. 4-3, which we may be playing next year. Those guys, hands in the dirt. Think of the 49ers. Perfect example. Right. That's kind of the defense we could look similar to. It would just be interesting then. I mean, we would need to be adding more traditional linebackers into that room because I don't think That's we really have, like, Devondre Campbell's probably gone, but if not, I guess you could maybe move him or Quaid or one of the outside technically to have one of them be middle, but then, like... McStuffie's a starter at that point. Oh, uh, I guess McStuffie then. Yeah, for sure. He, yeah, would, he could do would it. be McStuffie. He could do it. On rundowns? Back. I could see it. Yeah. As an outside linebacker technically, but... Yeah. Because the other guys, like, that's the difference in this scheme is that if you're running 4-3... You cannot have Lucas Van Ness or King Zanikbari or Rashawn Gary. Like you cannot have them go play up at the traditional linebacker position. Like you have to have them as edge rushers. Oh yeah, they're ed- they're edges no matter what. They yeah. just put their hands down now. That's the only difference for them. Because realistically, we ran a lot of forefront anyways. I'm not against the idea. We would probably be needing another linebacker. I just think that if we do go more more four three, it for sure adds a decently high-end roster need because that's someone who's going to be getting a significant amount of snaps you would hope yeah i think that what he decides to play and even just his play style normally even if he kept it as a three four or says doesn't doesn't matter we're just gonna play four two five all the time um that yeah that does change a lot of our needs the biggest one safety is huge now it was already a big need now it becomes massive before our conversation i thought uh, it was number one another inside backer of of some sort yeah it's another backer that can go sideline to sideline if we're going to go four three as well. Yeah, yeah, you're going to need another one to pair with McDuffie and McDuffie and Quay. Uh, Quay, because Campbell's contract is up, right? I just feel like a, I think he's a cut candidate. Feels like it's just going to be he's going to be gone because he's grumpy and old and not he's, as good. And we're paying him too much now. Yeah, that's going to where we're at with him. So there you go. There's there's your Jeff Halfley information overload. That was fun and interesting. Thank you, sir. I appreciate no problem. it. No problem. Well it was done. interesting uh, to kind of to kind of look at some of the middle field open, middle field close thing. Is kind of a a big differentiator in entire schemes and how that changes personnel, which you wouldn't necessarily think. You know, casually wouldn't necessarily think cover two, cover three would matter that much, like personnel decision wise. But that's why it does. Do you want to quickly go over free agents, and we can just say. Ooh, should we, like I was gonna say, like we should do back or not. Is it? Yeah. Do we think they will be, or do we want them? I say, do we want them? I, I, think I agree that's more with once. Okay. I agree with once. Okay, so let's go. Let's go free agents, and I'll tell you what kind of free agent they are. Okay. Okay. Because we got a couple. I'm gonna skip the um, some of them because they're there's a couple different kinds of free agents. There's restricted, which means we get kind of first choice, right? Mm-hmm. There's unrestricted, which means they're just wide open, and there's ER. FA, which means like this, like future contracts. They're they're on our team. We don't even need to talk about them. Okay, Yash Nyman, twenty eight years old, making four point three million. If he's cheap, bring him back. Ooh, interesting. So yeah, I, I would want him back, but I also know that he's at some point might be getting more attention here. That's kind of been a rumor for a few years. He's a solid swing tackle backup. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I'd be fine, cheap. I don't think he'll be cheap enough. I don't think so either. Okay. Keyshawn Nixon made four mil last year. Turn it up a little bit more in the slot after disappointing spots throughout the season. He's shown he's one of the NFL's best kicker turners. I expect he'll be too expensive, um, but we'll see. I'd want him back, but not as a starting slot. I want to be kind of backup slot and uh, kick returner. 
but I think he's going to want too much money. <coughs> I think that's what's going to happen there. I don't necessarily think he's going to get too much money. I think he's going to want too much money. Agree with that. Darnell Savage. Now, this is an order by money, so it'll get less interesting as we go, but. Still want him back. Okay. I think he kind of pairs nicely with a guy later, so I would be fine with either one of them back. I don't think we necessarily need both. Okay. Okay. As Devin's dying over here. Jonathan Ford. Take it or leave it. He never played. Yeah, who cares? Another big rotational body, but we don't know if it was any good. Yeah, uh, whatever. He couldn't even make the roster when our defensive line was depleted, so see you later at this point. Right? Yeah. Um, AJ Dillon. I have very strong emotions on this one. It's sad because there's a lot of great memories of the potential of AJ Dillon, but that's what I'm saying. The potential. He did have a few games in the cold, the really nice remember against Tennessee a couple of years ago, but overall the production was not worth where we drafted him. I think we can find better late in the draft, even on rejected free agents. The kid we had this year who had to play Emmanuel Wilson. Emmanuel Wilson looked better than AJ Dillon did for most of the season. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, AJ. Goodbye. Yeah, great guy. Loves Door County. Love that. Um wrote a children's book. Yeah. Which is great. Which is great. Uh, I'm still looking for that for my daughter. Got to get it. About that. Birthday's coming up in several months. But um, yeah, no, no. See you later. I've been, I've been pretty consistent with this all year. I want a lot more pop out of that out of that room. I want three Aaron Joneses back there. That's what I want. Would be nice. Probably not going to happen. Give me all the Aaron Joneses or Aaron Jones lights. Um, also, a little tidbit. I've, I've already watched. A fair, a, a decent amount of running back stuff this year. Here we go. I got thoughts, so I'm not going to give them all out now. Um, there's a lot of bigger backs this year, which I don't necessarily love because, like I said, I just want all the Aaron Joneses, but they all got more pop than AJ Dillon. So well, we could get what AJ Dillon was supposed to be. Yeah, we could That'd be like, nice, easily. Just one off the top of the head, and like I said, there's a bunch of them. Braylon Allen from wisconsin he's huge he's uh similar size to aj dillon but built very differently he's taller leaner but similar weight okay really really giant dude doesn't have quite the pop but i think he's got more pop than aj dillon so class is full of them not a super strong running back class but i think there's a lot of potential there and i'm very excited to go over all of them um eric wilson we kind of already talked about that if he's cheap sure yeah, he's fine. He's Good special teamer. Senior, he loves being a Packer. Seems like it. No. <laughs> this is one of those times where our show needs to be a YouTube show. Yeah, I just made a face at Devin. He immediately knew who I was going to talk about. He might make a practice squad somewhere. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Good, uh, goodbye, Josiah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's no way he's coming back. Um, Tyler Davis. Honestly... I was amazed at how sad the team was when he yeah, got hurt. They were real bummed. They were so <laughs> sad. And you They know, really thought Tyler Davis breakout season. The last time we saw him, he wasn't being my pallbearer. He's gotten better. So, sure, if he's cheap, one. I mean. But what's he going to be? He's going to be four. Ben, ben Sims. No. We don't need four tight ends. No, no, no. He's going to be Josiah then. He'll be tight end okay, four. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with him we being We usually Josiah. keep four, so we have two sets of two. I would expect we'll that. do that. I'm fine with that. Jonathan Owens. 
Mr. Man, Simone. There's something about J.O. that I like. Me too. There's something about J.O. that I like, and I think he's a little bit younger than Rudy Ford and a little bit more consistent. I think uh, he's actually useful, unlike Zane Anderson. I don't know how much special teams J.O. can play, but I would want him back. He makes like the same as Zane Anderson. Money-wise? Yeah. Oh, and I meant like how does he, how he does on special teams. No, I know, but they make like the same amount of money. I like J.O. Yeah, I'm with you. That's why uh, he's the one I was thinking of when I said Savage. Like one of them I want back because I, I don't want to necessarily go full on tight end room to this safety room because yeah. I think the only one we have under contract next year is Anthony Johnson Jr. And if you have the three of those, like you don't feel wonderful, but you don't feel horrid. And then you get a young guy in the you know first three rounds or maybe we go trade for someone. Get a free agent, maybe a, multiple, right? Yeah. I, I think this could be a year where we where we do that. We kind of double dip, get a free agent, and get a rookie. Um, and then you have five in the room. That's great. You still need players besides those two, right? So I think Jonathan Owens or Darnell Savage should be one of those players. Agreed. Okay. Zane Anderson. No. Yeah, why, right? You mean like one good special teams play. Um, Robert Rochelle. No. Yeah. And then, okay, this is the last one that actually matters. John Runyon. Played played much better the last couple games, last like third of the season. I don't think that his tape has been good enough to get a whole lot of offers from other teams. If he's at a market valued contract, maybe a little less than I would take him. I would expect that we would still be trying to replace center or right guard for a spot for a, like a starter spot. Yeah, but then we're kind of getting to the point where it's okay. How many starters can we hit in the draft this year? We had ridiculous. Some of it was luck, let's be honest. There's a 100%. lot of skill in scouting, but the way that some of these guys hit is insane. Yeah, it, so you don't see this kind of draft. Could we get a guard-center combo in the fourth or fifth round that could start for us, kind of come out of nowhere like we've seen guys before in the past? Potentially. There's a really good one that's actually being mocked to us in a lot of times the first, but I think that's probably a little strong. But even just thinking of like who the other backup like backup center is, what, Hanson? The, like it's it's bad so what i'm saying is that i would try to keep him if it doesn't for too much money we might be able to find a better starter and then even if we do you have a good backup for those couple of those spots i don't know if he can play center but maybe if he can i, I mean maybe can you can play tackle you can put elton if you need to i just or i think that he is a good backup lineman to have fringe starter yeah okay that's where i'm at with him. i don't i don't hate that I don't hate necessarily going into next year with kind of being, okay, once again, like Runyon and versus Ryan, one of you guys gets right guard. Oh, if we, yeah, if we can't, about Ryan. Yeah. If we can't find a better solution. Because he outplayed Ryan, I think, the last couple games of the year. Um, but before that, I was like, just hand the keys to Ryan. I don't, I don't care at this point. So, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. I'm with you. If he can come back cheap enough, I think he was on the cusp of making um, a lot being relative a lot for a guard money going into this year and he kind of blew it did you also see his press game conference post he he, he loves he being a packer he loves being he a packer cried. and as a man who cries bring him back he just he just loves the organization he and what looks it means. like a packer he sounds like a packer right john running jr he walks like a packer like, oh man i i really i've been on the john running train for a while now um, I'm also just a sucker for guys whose dads play in the NFL. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I'm biased. Uh, yeah, bring him back if we could. I but think we will. We'll see. If he gets starter money somewhere else, uh, so be it. Happy for him. You know, that that's where I'm at. I think this is going to be a very fun offseason. Gutekinst in an interview kind of mentioned 
kind of tease the idea of with all their picks like yeah we got some ammo to move around or just go get people like we have a really young team and you I don't can... even know how what, what he means by that necessarily we don't have much money but whatever I you mean do you goody Bakhtiari potentially save some money there Devondre Campbell potentially save some money there we're gonna have to restructure we're gonna Jones be another year off of Aaron's like another year I believe that cap it should be less from Aaron Rodgers and a few of those other dead contracts that we have like the money it's I think 2025 is the year where yeah. it's really good, but this yeah. year is still Next year's the good year. much better. And we don't have like huge free agents. Like the guys we talk about re-signing, like Savage, Owens, like oh. those are the two biggest ones for me. They're not going to be a whole lot. I was just going to say they could all walk and I wouldn't care. Really. I mean, like I don't think we're necessarily worse if that entire class walks. Obviously, we we're don't. not significantly worse, but if we don't take a safety, then the front three rounds, and even then, it's still we're still kind of throwing darts. I feel like we've seen there have been some real, some nice hits lately, and you know, like CJ Gardner Johnson, um, Kyle Hamilton looked pretty good at points, but there Kyle are Hamilton's good. There man. are also some big misses. Juno Stone's really good. Mm-hmm. Just every Ravens defensive player is really it's good. Crap, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's gonna be a fun off season. Um, because we don't have that many holes, and it's nice that it feels on offense. I mean, yeah, you know, I know the running back, and we can maybe get better on the offensive line, but it isn't super sexy. But I'm really just excited, like that we don't have to worry about like the tight end room and the wide receiver room. Like, Done, I right? don't, don't even draft a receiver to take Bo Melton's spot because Bo, Bo knows. Bo Melton got himself a touchdown in the playoffs. There's still there's a couple guys out there that are for some freak reason. They fall a round or two because obviously we're not going to take them at twenty five. But I mean, that this is a pretty good wide receiver class. But I mean, I'm talking. There's only a couple guys, or maybe, maybe if you let Keyshawn walk, you draft one that's later on that's a returner. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Maybe a little gadget, something like that. That I could see that, or like um, if. Keon Coleman tests really poorly out of Florida State. The dude is just a six five, right? He's just, massive if he just starts falling okay like at some point you you, you take good value but yeah i don't none of that's gonna happen i'm not taking a receiver in the first or second round this year no way yeah i'm probably with you unless like rome drops marvin harrison jr drops or malik neighbors drops those are those are like the three because those three those three have crazy potential the problem is, is i don't want to take snaps away from our like our top five receivers, one of those can take snaps away from Bo Melton. I love Bo Melton. Well, I'm not even saying I meant I was including Musgrave or Kraft in just like like a five or set. That that's fair, man. But at some point, like if somebody crazy drops, you got to do what you got to do. I would rather fill holes elsewhere, but I feel you. I mean, I I don't disagree, but at some point, value, right? You don't draft for need; you draft for value, and hope it lines up with need. That's the way it works. Well, we'll see, and we'll be having, I'm sure, more shows about free agency. And our mock drafts. Oh my God, I love the offseason. We got a whole lot to get We're to. We're going to watch so many safeties and running backs. I'm so excited. And hopefully some from Illinois. I'm sure I can find some. I'm sure For you sure. Will. <laughs> All righty, folks. Until next time. Go, Paco. Go, Paco.